morning, Father Dave. How are you? Good morning, Costa. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. We have a, 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 a parent-teacher conference day at St. John's, so it's uh, early for us to be doing this. <laughs> so you're doing work, and I'm really doing nothing but drinking coffee right now this morning, and, and really just trying to share my presence with the St. John the Baptist community. Yeah, and they're really excited about that. The <laughs> hole in your office. So how's your week been? We got a little delayed. We had some things come up this week that we were handling here, so we got a little delayed in, in recording this. But how has your week? How has it been? Busy? Well, I, I know my week has been better than your week. <laughs> I know for, for those who are not part of the St. John's community, I don't know what you picture our jobs like. Um, as a fact, I, there was somebody who I respect once who was referring to the, the role of campus ministers, and, and he said this with great affection. He doesn't know if it's a job or a joke. Because I don't know if you like think perhaps we sit around and pray all day or have these moments of God's revelation. And in, other than Mass, we start every Mass every day at 7.15. Yes. Or for me, 7.20. The Mass starts at 7.15. Yeah. He gets the readings in the car. Yeah. And then I continue the liturgy of the Eucharist here. Um, but it's chaotic, you know, and it's a beautiful chaos because there's normally students here and in and out. But the point is, as far as our planning goes, um, we very rarely have a moment to plan things. It's usually five minute discussions between periods. Yeah, no, it's it's crazy because usually Costa is the one who's reining me in because I'll have I'll have the kids in the chapel. Yeah. Or or in my office drinking coffee and, and really talking about absolutely nothing. Yeah. And then he's like, hey, do you have five minutes to like discuss what we're going to do for like three months from now? <laughs> and then usually I was like, well, can we wait? <laughs> and then before we know it, we're a week before that event and we have nothing planned because of me. Yeah. Well, it is. It is a little bit because of you. I won't, I won't deny that. But <laughs> it, it does get it does get pretty crazy here. So it is a kind of a quiet day. So we're grateful for that miss the kids but grateful for that yeah um in some ways they don't miss us though um, <laughs> nor would i <laughs> and to top it off they're still sleeping at this point <laughs> um we've been talking about sports a little bit and, and not to belabor this point but as the year is coming to an end you know and i think we're going to try to do one more podcast before the end of the year but Thinking retrospectively, the greatest sporting event that you've ever, ever seen. TV, maybe one that you were there at. My, my, well, you talking about the greatest moment in sports or that I've witnessed or my favorite moment in sports? That's two different. How is that two different things? Well, because I hate the Patriots and Tom Brady, but like coming back from 25 points in the Super Bowl. Oh. You know, in the fourth quarter, you would, you would say that's the and dismantling, well, dismantling the the spirit of the Falcons for the last four years. It has stink. It, it has set that that franchise back. Yeah, yeah. That to me, I think, would be the greatest accomplishment that I've witnessed. Oh, that's interesting. I would never interpret that question. My favorite moment: Mike Piazza uh, in the '99 playoffs against uh, John Smoltz, hitting that two three run homer. In really? The eighth or the no oh, I I jumped so high I hit the ceiling in my house. I was so excited at that moment. Were you still in school? I had just grad. I think I had just graduated. Wow. Okay. I was yeah because I had graduated in in June of '99, and then the playoffs came, 
and Piazza when he hit that home run. Oh man, because it was John Smoltz. Yeah, yeah. It was and the John Braves Rocker and the big Braves were big, yeah. and that Met team was my favorite Met team of all time. Uh, I thought they were better than the 2000 team. So that's for me. That Mike Piazza shot. Was that the team with the amazing infield? Yeah. That was a John Olerud. John Olerud. And I was a big fan of John Olerud. Yeah. Did not like Todd Zeal one bit. Did not. (laughs) What was yours? So greatest moment sports for you that you see as an accomplishment? Yeah. I'd have to say, now I've I've been really privileged to, like I I worked at Shea Stadium for years. Mm. So I was there for every playoff game of the World Series game in 86. Got it. Which, which was amazing. And all four years of my high school experience, the Islanders won the Stanley Cup. Oh, okay. So that was kind of cool. Four in a row. That being said, the 1980 Olympic hockey team. Okay. Yeah. I don't think I don't think any of us will ever see anything like that again. Because, I mean, this has well been well documented. I'm not going to rehash it because it's really serving no purpose for our podcast other than chatting about it. But the um, the political ramifications that it mm-hmm. had and the, you know, the coming back and odds against the wall and whatever sports cliche you can use. Um, but I also watched like a, a recap of it. Now I'll get like teary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was yeah. it was really, really. I get goosebumps when I, when I relive that moment. Yeah. Oh. Have you been to Lake Placid at all? No. It's worth the trip. Because we, we were up there maybe the last time four years ago, five years ago, and you could just walk into the, the rink and like sit on the benches. Really? There's like there's like nobody around. You know, they're still doing things. It's a beautiful little town. I cannot imagine how they held Olympics up there. Yeah. It's just tiny. Really? I mean it's this tiny, you know, New York State town. Yeah. But to, to actually be there and and it's really hard to communicate. What you know what what mm-hmm. that did I, I can't yeah. imagine that's the first time in my life so that's 1980 right we had been through Vietnam we had been through the Watergate crisis um, the, the the morale of the country was so that's the first time in my life I heard ever heard anybody chant USA really yeah I was 15 years old wow Isn't that crazy first time I ever heard it now because you were really droning on so long that I really stopped listening <laughs> are you saying that they both are not only the greatest thing that you have ever seen in sports and your favorite moment? Yeah, I, I still really don't even understand that distinction barely that you're making, but um, I would say yes. <laughs> your favorite personal moment of sports I, history. I would probably the say The greatest yes. moment in sports that you have witnessed. Yeah. So what's going to happen? The car ride home today, I'm going to say, oh, now I get what he's <laughs> talking about. <laughs> I don't like Tom Brady. I can't stand the New England Patriots. Yeah. And yet, I, I still I think get, that, that I is... don't get how that's the greatest thing, though. 25 points. Yes. They were down by 25 points I in the fourth quarter. That. In the Super Bowl. Yeah. Against the team that was dominating them the entire game. I, I guess in my mind right now, I'm yawning. It's, it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, guys, you have no idea how difficult it is to work with this man. Yeah, for both of us. <laughs> <laughs> well, so one of the, one of the things we, we wanted to maybe mention today is just some of the, the times that we've been a witness to in, in our ministries um, and, and yours before St. John's and, and mine here of the, the great, yes, the great fiat, the great um, let it be done to me. Yeah. And, and it maybe fleshed that out a little bit. And be, because I think it's one thing for Mary to say it, and we were talking about this in the last podcast from, from Luke 138, 
it's one thing for Mary to say, but, but how does that work in our lives? Yeah. Yeah. And, and so like when I was in, in the seminary, uh, when we took the second course in liturgy, um, one of the things that my professor, the, the priest in charge of that liturgy course, what he wanted me to do uh, as, as, a, as my paper for the final was to write a, a, a paper regarding Mar Mary's yes in the context of this week that we're living in from, from December 17th mm -hmm. to the 24th. And if we look at all of the prayer, uh, because, because in, in the Missal, the, the prayers are, are unique. It's not just a general overview of like, this is the first, second or third week of Advent. It is now, it's December 17th. It's December 18th. And each of them have their own prayer in the Missal. And all of them have a Marian theme that run through it. Like today, today's December 18th. And the gospel was about Joseph's annunciation in, in the dream. And Joseph's yes echoes that of which what Mary had done prior to the angel coming to Joseph. Mm -hmm. um, so we see the yes played out in, in the, the mass prayers and in the readings for this entire week. Mm -hmm. uh, and so it's, it's very, it's an, it's an important theme for this week and, and the centrality of the yes to God's will so that we can be predisposed and, and, and more open to receiving our Lord uh, on Christmas Day. So that's really interesting because as you were saying that, I was thinking, I wonder if that has given us permission to say yes, you know, moving forward. And I know it had been done in salvation history before. So Abraham, a big yes. And then, you know, Moses, the, the phenomenal story of Moses saying yes, even though he couldn't speak well. Right. You know, so I'm, I'm not saying like Mary is the first one in history to say yes to God, because that would be denying our, our own Judeo-Christian history. But for accepting Jesus, that's where it turns a little bit, mm -hmm. right? Accepting that this is God here on earth. And I wonder if that's given us permission to move forward in our own lives by even the little yeses that we make. So that, that's kind of interesting what you said. Yeah, yeah. And what I understand, and, and I mean, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know how, uh, how right this is. I, I like to believe that all the yeses throughout history all culminate uh, in the yes of the Blessed Mother mm -hmm. because she was full of grace and her yes was total and complete. It was completely different than everybody else's True. yes. So Good I like job. to believe that Moses and, and, uh, and Abraham and all of the figures in the Old Testament are just a foreshadow mm -hmm. of, of how that yes is echoed. Right. And in giving us the gift, the gift to of do, that yes. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I do believe like, and I think this is, I think we can take this to the bank theologically that our, the deeper our relationship goes. And I like, you know me, I like to use the word relationship over devotion. Mm -hmm. I know for many people, for some it's the same, but I know for some, when they hear devotion, they think, this pious, this piety that is devoid of a real relationship. So when we have this relationship, the deeper our relationship grows with the Blessed Mother, the deeper our yes is to the Lord's calling in our life. Right. 
and, and that understanding of we're being called into a relationship with him. Yeah. Not, not the idea of him, but and the so, relationship with him. And sometimes, as you know, this Costa, like that, yes, is not necessarily um, an easy thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, just like, let's just use the examples that we have. Abraham's yes, it eventually leads him to, to, to Yahweh leads him away from Mesopotamia, leads yep. him out of, into this foreign land oh with gosh. just him and Sarah. Yeah, the like, faith that they had to the do that. that. It I was mean, a huge, long journey from Ur all the way to the promised land. Yeah, yeah. And, and and to be completely exposed to any particular uh, enemy. They, yeah. they were defenseless. Yeah, uh, Even Moses, to have to then go back to his people, to go back to Pharaoh, the shame that he was going to get. Yeah. Uh, the guilt that he would have to undergo from reliving the murder mm -hmm. that he had committed um, and to have that speech impediment. Like yeah. he could have been on public display oh. of humiliation yeah. and sentenced to death. Yep. So the, the yes was a very, uh, that's, that's a deep yes. And I think because we, and, and this is for any instance in history, even outside of religion or in addition to religion, when you know how the story turns out, it's easy to say, well, that worked out well. Yeah. But, you know. In the midst of it. Yeah. I, I remember seeing this John Adams um, um, series that was a, uh, maybe 10 years ago right now. And they were, uh, all the founding fathers were signed the Declaration of Independence. And it was that moment watching them doing that that it reminded me, well, that was treason. Like they were being treasonous. Yeah. You know, but it all turned out okay, and it wasn't until that moment that I that I thought about that. And it seems the same goes with anybody um, that we find, or so many that we find in the um, in the Bible. One of the things you were saying about relationship, and we've been we haven't been intentionally teasing anything because we honestly half the time don't even know what we're doing here. But we've been <laughs> saying we're going to talk about the chosen, we're going to talk about the chosen, and, and we haven't spoken about the chosen. So let's talk about the chosen for a minute because I think the the. What is, so if you don't know what that is, I, I would we would both highly highly recommend it. It just just uh, if if you're on uh, you have a Google phone or or an iPhone, look where you have apps and look for the chosen. And it is the it's a series, a multi-year series. Uh, season one has already been completed about the life of Jesus as seen through the eyes of those who he chooses. And we are we are both huge fans of it. Oh and, my gosh. and so many people I have spoken to are, are huge fans of it. And one of the things that I find so appealing and at times so uh, emotional about is because the way they portray Jesus is what you were speaking about the relationship, right? Mm -hmm. You want to enter into a relationship. And that was an interesting thing how you were saying about it's it's also devotion. You know, mm -hmm. but I think, yeah, you're right. Devotion does uh, bring about it sometimes a, a sense of piety that I might be afraid I don't have mm -hmm. where a relationship I know I can be in. Yeah. Yeah. And I, that's a little bit more understandable. And you like you see and again, it's an actor. It's this guy from New York City that's playing Jesus. But you you see a, um, a, a beauty and they very much will look into his eyes and know that he is the one. You know, and are able to say yes, but because of that relationship, they're not saying yes because they were told to do it. As a matter of fact, the, the Messiah that they were accepting was very different than the Messiah the Jews were expecting. You know, he came, Jesus came to save them from sin. They were expecting the Messiah to save them from the Romans. So that there was a there was a great um, 
what's the word I'm looking for here, um, a great chance they took in yeah. following him because they would have been cast aside by their own Jewish uh, brothers and sisters, yeah. you know, for following the wrong guy. And there have been plenty of false messiahs um, leading up to that point. And subsequently, so you understand the Jewish reticence about accepting Jesus. But if you could, if you could, you know, something to do over the, the Christmas break, we would highly recommend that you just sit down and watch season one. And it's hard to turn off. It really is. And, and if I can just add my own personal thing to this, uh, I just, I would, when Costa had uh, approached me uh, about this back in April, yeah, when we were in the midst of the quarantine, I I downloaded it and started watching it. And I mean, you know this too. We've, we've been doing ministry for 20 years and sometimes like between Christians and Catholics, they do things so cheesy. Oh, absolutely. It's so pathetic. Yeah. The um, thought of a movie about Jesus doesn't necessarily get me excited. No, but yeah. the, the camera work, the dialogue, uh, the, the, the beautiful historical context, like the acting is good. Yeah. It's really, really well done. And for me, there were a, a, a lot of nights that I was highly anxious and I could not sleep. Mm -hmm. um, and so what I would do was I would just, I would play it and watch it until I did fall asleep. And then I would wake up in the middle of the night and it would still be playing. So it'd be three in the morning and I would still be watching it. Uh, and it, it just, it helped me get through some very difficult moments during quarantine because there was such a peace that overtook my soul. Yeah. So even if you don't want to listen to anything else we're talking about here, like, and you're, yeah. and you desperately need some peace in your life, just watch it. Cause it's definitely, I felt that it's an experience of prayer and it has helped me tremendously in getting a visual of, of the Jesus that I want to be in relationship with and yeah. pray to. And it's, it's very reassuring to know that other people apparently feel that, that same, that same thing, mm -hmm. you know, and to see the struggles of the people around him, particularly Peter. Now, some of this is a historical, um, they, they write backstories that, um, there, there's no reason to think that these things occurred. Sure. But it, some creative license. Right? Absolutely. But it leads you to what we do know about those people and say, that's plausible. Yeah. You know, that's, that's plausible, but it, it sets up who, who they are. Um, there are moments of levity that it's actually, oh, it's kind of laugh out loud. Oh man. Yeah. A, there are moments where, where they did such a good job with the humor in it, mm -hmm. uh, and that you just, you just can't help but yeah. laugh. Yeah. And in, in, in the humor from that very humanistic standpoint. Yes. And if, if you Peter and Andrew's relationship with each other, yeah, exactly. It's hysterical. Yeah. There is a, um, if, depending on how old you are, if you're listening to this, the, um, you, you may remember some of the Jesus movies from the seventies and Jesus was usually had blue eyes, spoke with a British accent and, um, <laughs> just never looked happy. Like, it's no. like there was a burden to be in Jesus in these movies. <laughs> and I, I grew up with these and, and, and to see it done so in, in such a fresh way. When he, when he is, when Jesus comes in, into uh, camera mm -hmm. in, in episode three, and uh, it's with the children, oh, he, boy. the way they introduce it, and yeah. he's making all these funny noises so that the yeah. kids feel comfortable around yeah. him, the farting noises, the burping mm -hmm. noises. Yeah. It's like, I could see that. He yeah. made them feel so comfortable and was laughing and teaching and joking with them that it was, I was like, this is 
mm-hmm. the Jesus that I had always imagined yep. would be. And it, it, that same episode, like I never really thought about Jesus brushing his teeth before. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> and, and that's not to say that it's not ignoring the fact that he was divine. So that that's an important part, too. No, because you, you definitely see the divinity. The way they did it, mm-hmm. I thought, really complement his humanity and his divinity. When, when Peter's boat is filled with fish out of yeah. nowhere. Yeah, like you, you get it. Yeah. And, yeah. and and it was a very cool scene where when Jesus does that, and almost like this look, he looks up to his father. It's like, thank you. Yes. Yeah. I, I just think I have nothing bad to say about it. I think yeah. it's excellent. And I think it really, you know, back to the theme of this podcast, it really helps. It helps me with, with the yeses. And I think the small yeses that, that we make every single day towards trying to be a disciple of Jesus, you know, yeah. stemming, very much stemming from, from Mary's yes. I want to share with you a story that I was reminded of the other day um, because th- this young lady I'm going to speak about is is a friend with one of my sons and had stopped by the other night. But this this was this was pretty cool. Back in January of 2019, one of my children was transferring colleges, so he's going out to the University of Southern California. <clears throat> so my wife and I were had a little trepidation about him being that far away, and you know, would there be a, a church around? Would there even be any type of Catholic um, center, you know, a Newman Club, you know, because it's a, it's a secular college. And um, so I went out and kind of helped him settle, and he settled very quickly. And I actually changed my flight, came home early. But my last night in LA, it was a Friday night, and I pretty much had nothing to do because he was, you know, had met some friends and he was hanging with friends. So the, I, I went over to the Catholic Center. Now, I had been told about this Catholic Center from um, a former student who um, would sit in my office and tell me she was going to USC because I had such a great campus ministry program. And, and you have that too. Kids come in, especially the seniors. They come into your office and they talk about college and what they're looking forward to. So I've had you know, numerous conversations like this with students, and they're, they're wonderful. So I decided to check out this Catholic Center. And they, I saw in a sign at seven o'clock, they had adoration and reconciliation. I thought, well, that's cool. You know, let me do that. I have like nothing else to do. I never have nothing to do. You know me. <laughs> oh, I wish he did have, <laughs> my goodness. We won't get into that. That's another, that's another podcast. Right. So that's <laughs> true. So anyway, I decided to go over there. So, so I walk in and there's like a little vestibule between the outside doors and, and the actual sanctuary area. So I, uh, in the sanctuary, there are all sorts of um, signs and and stuff, upcoming things that their program was doing for the students in, in the coming semester, in the second semester, in the spring semester, excuse me. And so I'm reading those. And all of a sudden, the door from inside the sanctuary bursts open. And the young lady who would sit where you're sitting right now, Father Dave, and tell me about going to USC, pops out and is in thralls of laughter at the absurdity of seeing her campus minister <laughs> in her church 2,500 miles away from home. And I found it amazing too. So we were, we were just chatting for a little bit and, and she did not know my son was coming out to school. So we, we had a nice conversation. So anyway, she goes her way. I go, she, she's leaving and I'm walking in expecting adoration and reconciliation. And I walk in and, and it's black. There's, there's, not, there's barely any lights, the sanctuary lights on, but there's barely any lights on. So I was a little confused by that. So I walked out and I realized I was a week ahead of time because the semester hadn't started yet. 
they were having they were not having reconciliation and adoration yet. And then it dawned on me, holy mackerel, this girl on her own on a Friday night in LA decides she wants to go to the church to pray. Mm-hmm. And it blew me away. <clears throat> and and I, I'm would very I mean I know those things happen. And I, I, I know she's certainly not the only one. But but to be a witness of it. You know, yeah. and, and that's what I mean by the little yeses, yeah. you know, um, that that we're all called to make. But I don't know if that was me at that age, I would be doing that, yeah. you know, just in a church by myself, yeah. you know, without that social part. And, and, and I think very much we are a witness in, in our school in working with young people to these types of moments. But that, that's one that will always stand out to me. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think I think people can overlook these little moments uh, it, and it's in the little moments that become like they're the, that's where the profound stuff happens. And I like to look at the, the little yeses as a football team preparing for for a game on Sunday is like there's no cameras, there are no lights on, there are no people watching mm-hmm. and they are like busting it for five or six days, you know, to train for, uh, for Sunday, for game day. Mm -hmm. And the commitment that they have to have to be the, to be the best, it it takes a lot of work when nobody's watching. Yeah. And, and I think that's important. I think in the spiritual life, I think I like to look at it as the same way. I, I think people don't realize that when they say yes to getting out of bed um, and and facing the day even though they don't feel 100% is the Marian yes. That's a great point. I think, you know, uh, when people say yes to, you know, reaching out to their parish priest uh, when they have feel, felt moved by the Holy Spirit um, or there was an invitation of some sort to a retreat or something, like, when they say yes to that, it's a small yes. Uh, when somebody says yes to finally dealing with past wounds and saying that they're going to find a therapist, mm-hmm. you know, like those are yeses, um, that, that I think that get overlooked because when we do these things, we're corresponding to the Holy spirit working in our life. And when we do that, um, it's, it's a yes to Christ. It's a yes to holiness in our life. It's a yes to healing. Uh, and I think it's all wrapped up in the marrying yes. Because we're trying to be, by those yeses, more like we were created to be. Right, exactly. Like, and I, and I think that I don't want to diminish the Holy Spirit to just um, the sanctifier. But like God, Jesus says that he is giving us his spirit. And that uh, that spirit, you know, the, the Holy Spirit is is that which is is sanctifying us is cleansing us is is pushing us and driving our 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 souls to deeper union with our lord and so that could mean just like getting into that daily routine of prayer and and, mm-hmm. and even when we don't want to and committing to to something or downloading a, a bible app and yeah or, or like staying committed to that uh, you know, or, or saying yes to, you know, spiritual direction or even therapy, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, uh, 
because a good therapist that's worth its weight in uh, that's worth his or her weight in salt mm -hmm. is uh, will help you will help a person get past some of the issues. I do. I'm a I'm I'm a I'm a fan of it, mm -hmm. um, and and I believe that a good therapist uh, will uh, in, inevitably uh, say the same things that a good priest in spiritual direction would be saying, and they are intertwined. Sure. Because the, the psyche and the spirit are very, there's a fine line that separates the two. Yep. If there really is a separation. Yeah. You know. The, one of the, the, the points I, I think we're trying to make is that when you look at, again, let's go back to Luke 138. With, Wait, we're trying to make a point here? I, apparently. <laughs> if we could, if we could wind up at one, that would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> But if you you know look at the the Annunciation, like we have a holy day for the Annunciation, yeah. like it's a it's a big deal. Mary didn't wait, you know. Mary didn't go to sleep that night thinking, "Oh, the Annunciation's tonight. <laughs> I got to get ready." <laughs> right, yeah, I, right. And I, and I think that's what I was hearing as you were saying the these these small yeses. I'm not saying hers was small necessarily, but it was unexpected, mm -hmm. and it was part of you know, it was part of her life, mm -hmm. and and the. The ability for us, and I wasn't really thinking about it this way until you said it, the, the ability for us to try to heal ourselves, too, you know, to take that step and, and reach out. And you've been talking about surrender a lot. Yeah. And we, we mentioned, it, I think, in the last podcast as well, that idea of surrendering that I, I don't have this on my own. You right. know? And, and it doesn't have to be, it, it could be something serious, or it could be something like you said, I'm just going to commit to praying every morning for a few minutes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I, and I do. And I do. But that's the analogy I love about, you know, a football team practicing, because I think when we really look in the, in the depths of our, we look back at our life and looks in the depths of our souls, when we make the commitment to those small yeses day in and day out, there is a more profound experience that takes place mm -hmm. at Sunday Mass. Yeah. That when, when you and I commit to those daily yeses, that are surrounded in the Blessed Mother's, like that consumed in the Blessed Mother's, yes, then our experience becomes just a little bit more like the experience that the Blessed Mother had with her relationship with Christ. Because we've worked on that relationship all week and then we're getting to Mass and that's the guy we're in a relationship with. Yeah. You know? Right. As opposed to just showing up at someone's house that we don't even really know. Right. You know, the it's consummation. Like, yeah. You know? Uh, of the of the relationship takes place at that moment. Yeah, you know? uh, and that that makes mass come more alive. And you often hear people say, "Well, I don't I don't necessarily get anything out of mass." Right. And and I, I to a certain level, I, I I may understand that depending on how they were brought up, and you know, and and right. we, we know that in the school too. Um, but yet the, the the question is, have I worked on building that relationship? Right. Right. Exactly. And, and not to be judgy on that, because some people no. don't know because they've never been taught. Like, sure. How do I do it? Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that we yeah. we nailed the point down. Wow. <laughs> it was it was it was helpful to me. I it probably won't be helpful to anybody listening. No, uh, that's OK. But uh, it was it was good for us. I think we're going to try to do one more um, before the before the new year. Maybe yeah. talk about resolutions a little bit. You know, yeah, sure. Enter the new year and think about, you know how we can understand 2021. I wrote, this was so cool. I was doing something the other day and I had to write out the date of 2021. It felt so good. 
<laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Just to get 2020 oh off my the page. Gosh. <laughs> and I know there's been blessings, and and we could talk about that till the cows come home. But yeah. man, I just wanted to be 2021. I, I got to be honest with you. 20 is my favorite number. It was my dad's number, right? Anytime I had the choice to choose, it'd be number 20 on a jersey. Yeah. Barry Sanders, number 20. Okay. But I'm tired of writing 2020 down. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll do one more of these in 2020, and then um, we'll, we'll we will chat next year. If if uh, thank you very much for listening. Honestly, it this is starting to get a few legs here, right? We're we're starting to see the spread a little bit uh, throughout the country. Um, if you could, if you like what you're hearing, you could share. I don't it. understand why. Yeah, <laughs> they say you shouldn't insult your audience, but, <laughs> but we are grateful for you. And if you could, uh, wouldn't mind just sharing. If you like what you hear, um, please share it. And if you don't, then Please lead us. We understand. Then send Costa an email at St. John the Baptist and tell him how terrible it is. Just please stop All are welcome to them. Yeah. Have a great day, guys. And if we don't hear from if you don't hear from us uh, before then, have a beautiful Christmas. Take care, guys. Thank God you. Bless.